Hello and welcome to the Tight Lads Podcast with your hosts Jordan Donnelly, Abby O'Neill and Chesney Forks Porter. Enjoy. Hello everybody. How are you? How's it going? Firstly, before I go on, I just want to give a quick disclaimer to say that this episode will focus around the topic of death and the afterlife. So if you feel like you may be triggered or negatively impacted by any of the things we may be talking about, please feel free to um, turn this one off and we will see you next time. Now, I am of course joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, the calamity to my Jane, Abby O'Neill, say hello Abby. Hello. And the Gillian to my McKeith, say hello Chesney. Hello Chesney. I introduced you wrong. Chesney Fox Porter, say hello Chesney. Hello Chesney. And welcome to... Tide Lads. Okay, so guys, as I've already said, this episode will focus around the topic of death and the afterlife. Now, we realise that this may sound um, like a little bit of a morbid thing to talk about, but we will try to approach it in the most light-hearted way possible. And uh, for the sake of being transparent, this is now our second attempt at recording this particular topic. Uh, the first try was, um, how would you describe it, Abby? Tragic. Shambles, <laughs> yeah. Fucking dreadful. Um, and I, in particular, I will take most of the blame. I, in particular, um, found it rather difficult to... Uh, form a sentence when we <laughs> recorded that episode so take two here we go feeling good okay so the first question i'm gonna throw out to the group is what is your personal belief towards the afterlife and basically do you believe in heaven and hell abby take it away no i don't believe in heaven and hell I don't know why I don't believe it. I just. I has think it's. It has to be believed to be seen. It has to be seen to be believed. What I say? Be, believed to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> I well, think we're going to struggle this time again, folks, to be honest. I'll let you know if I. Like when I get there. If, you're if, going if first. it's real. <laughs> um, I'm not saying anything. Um, but yeah, I just. I th- I find it hard to believe in something that is so far from life and reality. Like I think that it's it sounds really like um boring, but I just think you die and and that's it. Lights out. Yeah. And away we go. <laughs> okay. Chesney? Um I'm sort of in the same boat. I know it's not that fun when when we all agree or when me and Abby agree on this show, which is very very rare. Um, but no, I don't believe in, not just heaven or hell, I don't believe in any form of afterlife. I wish I could, um, and I think sort of the opposite of, uh, in a way, the sort of way the opposite Abby said there, where it's hard to believe that something that's sort of out of our perspective, I think that is why so many people choose to believe it, because they can't, like, comprehend the idea of nothingness. Mm. Like, we've never experienced nothing as a human being you can't experience nothing even when you're in those 
sensory deprivation pod things that you can pay to do, you're still experiencing that sort of aura around you. No one's ever said or can ever say nothing has been experienced. And so when that idea gets thrown to people that like, when you die, there's nothing. People go, oh, there has to be something. Mm. There has to be an afterlife. Whereas I think I've sort of been able to see over that little hump and go, I I just don't think there is. I wish I could believe there was, but I can't. Well, I don't believe in heaven and hell simply because your version of heaven could look very different to my version of heaven, which would look very different to yeah. your version of heaven. so it's like, are we all in our own little heavens? Yeah. Is that the idea? Or... Yeah, and I feel like if something is that open for interpretation, I find it hard to solidify mm. it in my yeah. mind. And people, although people seem to have a more unified sense of what hell is, because we can all agree being burnt alive isn't like how we want to spend a Friday night but Mm. my version of who should go to hell could be different to your version who wants to go and like someone from a very religious background might think simply because I'm gay I should go to hell yeah so and like at the end of the day this is again a, a different topic but the Bible's older than the term transgender, than the term gay. Like, they, this kind of new age of, like, acceptance and, like, accepting um, LGBTQIA, yeah. like, that's all. that They are very, very new concepts. And, like, the term transgender, I don't think was actually much of a thing, what, 15, 20 years ago. And if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, nowadays, I think if you don't accept everybody in that way you're a bad person but someone coming from a more old school religious background might be like this is the way it's always been it's only in the last 15 years this is now a thing i think it's a way of thinking because for some people whether they're it i don't think it's necessarily an age thing it's their way of thinking is not is that they believe that this that this is real that this happens that that's where you go and whether that is a comfort thing or not, we don't we don't know if it's if it's a hundred percent real or not. But it's that's their way of thinking is that they want to believe that when they die, that's where they go. Whereas for us, we can't comprehend that. So I think if we were speaking to someone that did believe in it, it would just be well. Th- that's what I I think it would just be like our word against theirs because no one knows mm. for, for a fact. Mm. It's just the way that our brain processes it, and we can't comprehend that heaven and hell could be a thing. Whereas they probably can't comprehend that nothingness is a thing. I think the issue with like with heaven and hell as well, sort of going off your point, Jordan, is that it the idea of heaven and hell implies there is a universal good and bad. Yeah. Yes. Which like isn't a thing. Because like Hitler would assume he's going to heaven. Mm. Because his good is you know, it's so twisted to his own mindset that what he's doing is Christian and virtuous and right. Whereas, you know, over here in Britain, we go, he's definitely going to hell. Mm. There's no universal... Yeah, if there's a reckoning, who's deciding where exactly. you go? That's the thing, who gets the say as well. It just doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, you real. 
Oh, blow Gabriel. <laughs> blow Gabriel. Blow. We need to book anything goes. We do. Just while we're... And so do you, listeners. And so do you. <laughs> that <laughs> wasn't meant to be an ad <laughs> There's break. There's this but... <laughs> new up-and-coming actress, Sutton Foster, apparently. She's very good. Um. Oh, yes, just one more thing. When it comes to the afterlife, I am willing to say that I am slightly more open to the idea of that. And this is kind of what I struggled to articulate the last time we recorded. So I feel like this is a bit more um, compact. But I am a big believer in people's energy. (laughs) Guys, this was a 30 minute monologue last time and none of it made sense. So what, what I mean is that the energy they leave behind when they die... So let's say you are in their room, you are wearing a piece of their clothing, something like that, and you feel like their energy is there in that moment. I I do think there is something to that. And even though that's likely just your mind trying to cope and trying to rationalise, and that's probably you just trying to find comfort in the fact that they're no longer there, I feel like if it does help and it does give you comfort and it does help you get through that it may as well it may as well be real as anything else mm. you know what i mean mm. so i do, for me there is something to the impact and the energy someone leaves behind whether that's them walking around with a sheet over them being like ooh it's not quite that but i do think there is something people leave behind even if it isn't like, you know, a scene from Ghost. Do you, do you sort of interpret it like the, the, the impact people leave on other people? Yes. So like you, you as a person in your life may have changed the way someone else thinks in their life. And once you've died, they carry your thinking forward. Yeah. I feel like no one truly dies, even if their body isn't here anymore i feel like no one truly goes well there's like there's that saying i can't i cannot think of me for the life of me who it originally said it but there's that if like you die twice you die when you physically die and your body and soul leaves the earth and you die the second time the last time anybody remembers who you are oh Mm. wow that's an interesting thought and i think there's there's like I'm not sure what culture it is, but I, it's it's kind of they believe in like the moon have the moon having something to do with death, and there's a lot to that. But basically, in really really a plain way of putting it, they believe that when you're buried, then you do become part of the earth, and you are always still there, and then it's like a cyclical thing, and that yes. kind of is true, because they believe if someone's being buried and they become a part of the earth, and then the world continues the way it is, then they, there's something to do with that. There's something to do with the surrounding environment, you know mm. what I mean? That's why it's like, I like the idea of people like, do you know the way sometimes people plant trees? Yeah. Um, And maybe like their ashes mm-hmm. are like either buried under the tree or they were part of the tree or whatever the case may be. To me, that does feel like very representative of like that person is still there yeah. or their energy is still there. Mm. Because I do think it needs to be reinforced that, like, 
the impact is on the people they leave behind rather than the person that has left in the first place. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, just so everyone's aware, the the quote I just quoted was by a, uh, a psychiatrist called uh, Irvin D. Yalom. 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 Um, <laughs> okay, so next question. How comfortable are you with the concept of death? Abby? Can you explain the question? So, there are some people that are terrified of the concept of dying. Oh, of me dying. Not other people dying. No, I don't, yeah, like... Am I scared to die? For you personally, if he comes knock, knock, knocking, how does that make you feel? Well, obviously I would like to live quite a long life. Yes. But I kind of think... I used to be a lot more scared of death than I am now. And maybe that's just because I've got older, so I kind of understand it a bit more. I think when I was like a teenager, I was really scared of death. And it was, I think that, I think that's because for me, I, I find that death is such a taboo subject. People don't really talk about death, especially with like children. I think mm. that we are sheltered from it when really the only inevitable thing in life is that you're going to die. Mm. So I'm not saying that we should like embrace death, but I do think that there should be a kind of, there needs to be a shift in how we perceive death and also how we deal with it. Because I think that grief is also a very taboo thing and a lot of people that are grieving it's like when someone so say for example there's a an old lady it's it's your grandma and her partner has passed away and people don't know what to say to her so they don't say anything and surely saying something is better than nothing and people just sort of leave people to grieve on their own because they don't know what to say because they think whatever they say is just going to make it worse. But I don't know. I just think that we need to process grief better. Even with and help pets. help people grieve. Yeah. yeah, they're taken. They're taken to the farm, the magic farm yeah. where they all go to die. The cats have gone to the the rainbow bridge in the sky. Oh, is that where your cats went? Yeah. The Rainbow Bridge? The Rainbow Bridge. Sounds like an they absolute cr- They rave. cross over yeah. to cat heaven. Chesney? Um, you ask me now, and I say, yeah, fine, not bothered. Um, but then, if you ask me at, like, two in the morning, on a random night where I can't get to sleep, because oh. I'm having some, like, pointless existential crisis, where I'm thinking, like, one day I'm going to close my eyes forever and I'm going to be in a black void of nothingness and, and my entire life will be meaningless and I'll be a speck of atom and dust like that. Then I all of a sudden I get really freaked out about death. But then again, it just goes again. So like, yeah, 99% of the time, I'm fine. Sort of going back to that quote I mentioned earlier, I'm more scared about not leaving an impact after I've died. And being forgotten. Like, yeah, like my I die and then he's just like, Oh, Chesney died. He had spent his life doing this and uh, didn't really do much. Like, I want to be like, I want to be on BBC News. Like, Chesney Fawkes Porter has died. There's statues in my name. Like, I'm in books. 
That's the sort of shit I want. Okay. If I can be in a book, that's great. I'd put you in a book. A book that people will read? <laughs> oh, no. Oh. No words. No <laughs> words. Picture book. Colouring in book. Um, so I am comfortable with the concept of death. Not to the extent where, like, if he came knocking now, I'd be like, hello. Well. Hello, everybody. Um, I think it's mainly because I have been to a lot of funerals in my time. And I think if you are brought up in an Irish Catholic household, death just pay, just feels like part of your culture. Um, I am sceptical about a lot of stuff. But sometimes back home, when I hear people talk about people that have died and how they are still around and still looking down on them and stuff like that, they talk about it with such conviction and such detail that they could pretty much convince anybody that that's real because it is so real for them. Um, And half the time those people aren't even overly religious. It's just like so deeply rooted and the afterlife is so deeply rooted in like the Irish Catholic psyche that I don't actually think it's in my DNA to say that the afterlife that the afterlife is a crock of shit because yeah. I think it's just so even if at at this age you you didn't believe in it anymore yeah you kind of I feel it would like, be hard for you to do yeah that. I couldn't bring myself to say there is absolutely nothing and it is lights out mm. only because it's so I think deeply rooted in me that there is something more but I think there is a difference between believing in heaven and hell and believing the in afterlife more, yeah. yeah in something yeah yeah. I want to ask you guys a little question. Play a little game. <laughs> so, like, there's always that... that people always say, like, oh, so if you could live forever, would you? But I don't think anybody would actually ever say, yes, I'd like to live forever. But, so you're born, right? And someone um, sits you down and goes, right, you've either got to live for 50 years or you can live for 500 years. Those 500 years, 400 of those, you're in your sort of 20s and 30s. You've got 50 years either side where you're young and you're old. But you've got either 50 years or 500. What do you choose? I think I would take 50. I think I would take 500. I would take 500. Really? Yeah. See, I think the difficult thing with life is losing people and seeing that yeah, shit happen. Yeah, that's true. That is and if true. you are around for 500 years, you're going to lose a lot of people. Mm. And I feel like your life may be easier if it's shorter. Because you're not having to lose 500 years worth of people and go through 500 years worth of heartbreak and depression and blah, 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 blah. But what about all of the other side of life? You only get 50 years to live. And life literally goes like that. It is a blink, isn't it? But you'd already nearly be halfway through. Oh my god. <laughs> when you think of it like that. Oh my god. But I understand what you're saying with the 500 years that This is why this is why you wouldn't ever want to live forever. That would be Yeah. abysmal. Yeah. But I think that's a better question. I I would go for 500, I think. Mm. My gut's telling me 50. I don't know. I just think it would be too difficult. To go through 500 years 
losing it because you would essentially have to create a new life every like 80 years or so yeah like every you would be on every lifetime every lifetime you'd be on a constantly new cycle of and especially if you're remaining the same age people are going to get suspicious (laughs) so you're going to have there's no there's no sort of rule to be like you can't you could you could become the world's famous person by saying that i'm living 500 years but a celebrity that's true Mm. you get on a uk tour doing that Oh my god, if it gets me work, I will live for a thousand years. (laughs) Right. Anything at this point. Anyway, right. The differences in funerals back home in Ireland and funerals over here. I want to bring this up because it is different. Mm. So run me through the process over here. Madame. Well, it depends on... There's no, I don't think there's like a specific tradition for an English funeral because it still depends on mm. your religion and what your personal choice is. Mm. But they, they sort of all sort of follow the same time frames. Don't yeah, they? yeah. So in terms of time frame, depending on the death, whether it was like, so if yeah. it was suspicious or anything and there needs to be investigation, it would be, you have to wait until the body is <laughs> released um, from the investigation um but in a just a normal ordinary death um you're probably looking at like from the date of death to the funeral at least well around a month i would say could be quicker could it could be it it depends on the age of the person and like there's so many factors but i would say yeah probably up to a month a couple of two weeks probably at the yeah at the quickest yeah because it takes such a long time to basically like book and plan everything mm. um and like yeah book book your slot if you have like a church funeral if you're having a cremation um all of that but there's no like there's no like real traditions before the funeral itself mm. right it just like you die you get transported to a hospital until the day of the funeral and then they take you to the funeral home or they take you to the church or whatever they're doing it at. They do the ceremony. You get cremated or you get buried. Um, and then you have what's known as the wake, which is basically a bit of a piss up. Everyone goes down to like, might have been your favourite pub or like just like the local pub. There'll be some food, there'll be a little buffet on. Mm. And everyone just sort of goes around, gets drink. They maybe like, they usually like put a little projection up of all your photos and stuff. They just talk about you for a bit. And everyone just gets drunk. And everyone goes home. Right. Okay. So back home, let's say, for example, the person passes away on the Monday. There will be a wake on the Tuesday and Wednesday and they will be buried on the Thursday. And so what is an... Friday at the latest. Um, in your in, in Northern Ireland, what is a wake for you guys? Yes, so the wake can happen at a funeral parlour or most of the time it happens in the family home. Uh, the body will be put in a room in the house. The room is cleared. All mirrors and reflective surfaces are taken out of the room because there's an old tradition about their soul gets trapped in the reflective surfaces. Um, and yeah, your house basically turns into Piccadilly Circus for two days. And it's just people constantly in, out, in, out. And 
it can be closed casket but in my experience it's always been open casket and then the body is just kept in the house for two to three days and people come and pay their respect so if for example somebody there's like an investigation into somebody's death will that make the process longer um yes as far as i'm aware it will make the process longer but even at that it still seems to be very very fast Mm. um and i'm not quite sure why it is so fast Mm. um but typically under normal circumstances at least because obviously that scenario was a bit different and it can vary depending on like case to case um but back home it is done and dusted pretty much within like four five days at a push but it's all done within the one week and i i think that's better Mm -hmm. only because when i first heard that over here you know it was maybe like a three to four week thing i was like oh god because you're kind of like you can't go back to any kind of normal life until i think the body is laid to rest shall we say whether it is like buried cremated whatever and i feel like until the funeral and everything happens you are in this constant like state of limbo Mm. where you're just kind of like floating being like what is going on it's kind of like do you know that week between christmas and new year where you're like i have no concept of anything right now it kind of feels like that whereas back home you kind of the death happens and you kind of get the whole song and dance about it done within three to four days and then once that is out of the way then you can actually start to like mourn Mm. and get on with that process but like over here a lot of the time because of the fact that it could be up to a month people like often will go back to work and go back to like regular programming and then have to come back out of that again to Mm. then bury them or do the ceremony and i'm like i feel like dragging it out isn't doing anybody any good yeah it's interesting because i think where we've grown up with different traditions i think of your tradition as like too fast yeah and it almost it feels like it would be too raw that literally the person has died the day before and then you're waking the body the next day or the day mm, after yeah. um, and I can't imagine having an open casket either like I've that never been like. to a funeral with that so it's I think where you've lived with that and experienced that that is your norm and if I came to a, a, a funeral in Northern Ireland it would be a completely different experience than if you came to one here to be fair listening to John I, I kind of agree with you a little bit there about the the sort of length of time because like in those couple of weeks, obviously it's not going to be too much of a process, but you're going to you'll start that healing process. You'll you'll start that independence. You'll start that sort of you know journey to accepting this death. And then four weeks later, you go, oh, it was a massive ceremony, and I've got to go be front row and watch the casket go into the crematorium. Yeah, I just I, feel I, like it drags it on a bit. You know yeah, what I mean? I kind of get that. But like, yeah, same. It's 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 what we're brought up with, so it's it's uh, yeah. sort of normalized. Mm. yeah um next yes next question have there been any deaths in your life that have left a particularly big impact abby 
Well, I'm quite privileged in that I haven't had to deal with many deaths in close family, um, but I've had a few close friends who've lost family members, and I think the there's a couple that stand out to me that have kind of changed my, I guess you could say changed my kind of perspective on death, is when I've experienced young people that have been taken too soon mm. and I think yeah people people say that uh, quite a lot that people were taken too soon and I really do kind of believe that it I can't put my I can't literally I can't imagine I can't put myself in that situation of losing a friend or a younger sibling or daughter or I just can't ever imagine that and it must be just so horrible um but just but yeah, knowing someone that has lost someone young, it just, yeah, I think because I've only experienced family members that have been elderly and they've lived their life, them passing has been then sad, but a celebration of their life and look at all the things they achieved. But then when someone goes too early, it's they didn't get their chance, which I think just makes the grieving process so much harder. It feels unnatural when stuff like that happens as well. Because mm. I feel like it's easier to stomach when the person is a bit older. Because you just feel like, well, it's part of life and they've kind of reached yeah. the natural cycle of old age. Yeah. But when it is someone young, it does all of a sudden feel very morbid and very mm. wrong and very... Yeah, it's just so hard to process because it's not... It doesn't it wasn't, make sense. Yeah, it wasn't their time like how could it have been their time they'd only had this short amount of time on the planet so how can we accept that it was their time to go because it shouldn't have been time yeah that's kind of yeah yeah, yeah. chesney um well to be honest I'm, I'm i'm in a similar situation again in which like i've not had like a death that's really like traumatized me or or, or like shocked me or really got me into like a grieving process but um, something I kind of wanted to bring up now it's a weird sentence to say but how deaths have left a almost positive impact on me okay in the sense that like so my grandmother passed away five years ago now and uh, she died after battling with dementia and since my grandma died it sort of spurred me on to be like oh well maybe i should do something for dementia i should try and get rid of this ridiculous disease because it's horrible um so that sort of you know spurred me on to do like all the things i do for dementia uk and that's not me being like oh aren't i great i do stuff for charity but the point being that like deaths in general though tragic and and sad and horrific can have positive outcomes not saying that those positive outcomes ever outweigh the death i wouldn't that's not my judgment to make but if we bring out a quite raw example we talk about george floyd george floyd died which is a disgusting horrific tragedy but it brought the conversation around black lives and uh quality for black people to a forefront that it would never, ever, ever have got to 
without that death. And so you have to think, like, is there a positive outcome or is there positives that can be gleaned from death? And I think it can help the close family and friends when it does have a positive impact because maybe that's the only way, especially if they've died in quite a horrific scenario like George Floyd did, the fact that it has brought so much positive, I would imagine, obviously I could be wrong, but I imagine that would bring a massive sense of comfort for them, knowing that it wasn't, he wasn't forgotten in a way, mm. and it wasn't all for nothing. But like we say, this is this, in no way does a positive, we're not in a position to say a positive aspect can ever outweigh no, no, no. the negative of the death. I I am also quite lucky in the sense that I haven't lost anybody really, really close to me. We did lose someone in my like much more extended family. And the circumstances to that were a lot more tragic because he was only 21. And because of the fact that, again, it was one of those scenarios where it was like taken too soon and it was a suicide as well, or it was just when it's under those circumstances, there's this whole other level that comes to that of mm-hmm. what were the people still alive in the room are going, what could you have done? Yes, what could you have done? Yeah. And when it's a suicide, that is just like, there's a whole other level that that leaves behind. I can imagine it could just tear families apart. Yeah, because if someone has blame died, and... yeah, oh my God. And like, if someone has died from natural causes, that's difficult enough. But when they've left under those scenar- those circumstances and the the people closest to the person that is gone is sat there thinking, oh, had I, had I answered that call? Had I done mm. this? Had I done that? And there's this constant thing of what could I have done? And it's just, I think that's actually torture. Mm. And I think that's why that is such a difficult thing to stomach because it's like how could we have prevented that it wasn't a disease it wasn't a health concern it was behavioral and it was something that could have maybe been stopped um but that like you said earlier it reinforced to me that i feel like there needs to be more of an more conversation around the people that it leaves behind yeah because at the end of the day of course it affects the person that's no no longer here because they've went from being alive to not being yeah, alive but they are they're gone but they're gone yeah. so it, they're no longer affected yeah so it is the people that are left behind that have to deal with it and it's like there's no rule book to mourning no none of it makes sense it's an individual process for every single person and it may it may affect you there and then or it may manifest itself years later and I know family members of mine, you know, deaths that happened 20 plus years ago, it hits them more now than it did at the time. So it's like, I feel like there needs to be more conversation around mourning and how to like, not how to do it, but just more generally, just more conversation. Because the conversation is so much based on the person that's gone. And although that is important, I'm like, this isn't who's being affected right yeah. now. Know what I mean? Yeah. Know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. 
Hello, it's Chesney here. Just wanted to take a quick moment of your time to tell you about how you can support the Tight Lads podcast. We love what we do and we love creating a space where people can open up and talk about whatever they want. But we can't do it alone. We need your help. Please consider visiting our Ko-Fi page and donating the cost of your daily coffee to us here at the Tight Lads. We've got some major plans in the works and your support would make those plans a reality. To find the page, head on to our Instagram at tightlads underscore podcast and follow the link tree in our bio. Your support is more than appreciated. Now then, back to whatever it was that we were talking about. So a bit more lighthearted now. Woo! How do we feel about the uh, about the more ooky spooky side of things? So ghosts, goblins, ghouls. What are we thinking, Abby? Um, <laughs> as I kind of said before, I'm a very I have to see to believe, and because I've never had any experience of spirits or ghosts or anything i don't know and of course of like the only real experience i've had of it have been like stories other people have told me and i'm like oh that's cool like everyone tells ghost stories yeah but until i've experienced it myself i'm not saying that they're lying or making it up i want to believe it but i just need to see it to to believe so it'll come back to me and i'll I'll let you know if I have any experiences. We'll come back to her, Chesney. Yeah, I'm. I don't believe in the paranormal. I love to. In, I love to indulge in it. Like, I love to watch those YouTube videos where it's like ten spooky places that you'll never be able to visit, and it's like a random house in Chernobyl where there's been like sightings of like demons and shit. I like that, but sort of going on from Abby's point where like people like are so convinced themselves they've seen stuff I think it comes down to a person's mindset like to simplify it to the most base degree the door that's in front of us like if that slightly swung open my response would be oh there's a draft someone else's response could be oh someone's here it just <laughs> comes down it's not about whether what you what you've seen actually happened or not i think it's about how the person interprets it mm. for the vast majority but i feel like that's the case with every single thing we've talked about though yeah. it's everything is nothing actually to do with the person that's gone it's everything to do with your own perception of it mm. Mm. well so there's the, i i um there's this peter k sketch where um they're like at a funeral and it's this like typical northern mother and she's like and just as we were laying our Julie to rest a packet of Quavers flew by she loved Quavers that were Julie that were our Julie whereas to a normal person it's a packet of Quavers Quavers. (laughs) somebody who's not part of that funeral who's just walking along the graveyard goes oh someone's littered and put a packet packet of Quavers but I think it's nice that people make those connections because it makes nothing wrong with it it's like their way of processing things as well. Like yeah. Oh, they're there, they're they're they've sent a sign. Yeah, they 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 can see, they can see us. Like to to this day. So my my nan's uh, sister. So my auntie. Um, she lost her husband. Oh, must have been like seventeen, eighteen years ago now. Because it was I was young when that happened. 
and all of our family now, so he was called Keith, whenever like a feather falls from the sky, whether they get a feather or they see a feather, they always go, that's our Keith, without fail. I don't even think they believe it, but it's just like a, it's a like, um, what's the word? It's a habit now. Mm. And they're just going, oh, there's our Keith. Feathers are a big thing. Yeah. Feathers are a big thing. It's like white, angel wings. White feathers. Yeah. Yeah. And birds, birds in general. Yeah. But again, this is the whole thing. If it's real for them, it may as well be real as anything else. Yeah. Um, With the Yuki Spooky, I'm very sceptical about it. However, I am very open to it. I mean, I love it. I I love anything Uki, anything spooky. Oh, I love a horror film or a, or a Halloween film. Oh, God, yeah. Like, Ouija boards, summoning demons. Like, that's my shit. Like, I love it. And <laughs> I, I do that every day. Yeah, and I love movies that deal with that. Like, yeah. Beetlejuice, Lovely Bones, Ghost. Those are three very different movies that you just... <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're a bit up and down. Yeah. But movies that kind of deal with death in very, very different ways, mm. I just love. Like, I love. Um, so, yeah, I do. I go back and forth with, like, how much I believe. But I am a massive fan of it all. As you said, I do like to mm. indulge. Well, like, I don't believe in it at all. But if I'm walking along a dark corridor, I'm convinced the woman in black's behind me. And, I'm <laughs> and you love it. And it's I'm like, like oh. when the lights are off and you run upstairs. Yeah, as fast you, as like you, you can. Run, you run up, you know, you turn the landing light off and you've got to get up those stairs before someone fucking grabs you. I once tried to make a Ouija board out of a cereal box and a fruit chute. A cereal box and a fruit Because the fruit chute didn't, well, it was like half full, so it was heavy enough. Oh, so that was like the little stone that you was the That yeah. was the pointer and then the cereal box I had a Sharpie and I drew the letters on. Right. Do you remember that like challenge a couple of years ago? It was like it was coming, it was called like knock knock Charlie or something like that. It was like oh. you had like a, a pencil and on top of another oh. pencil and it would like spin. We oh, do that. I used to love and Bloody Mary. Yeah, don't look in the mirror three times. Yeah, say Bloody Mary. Say Bloody oh Mary. my god, I I love it. Go on, look in that mirror right now. Say Bloody Mary three times. Our neighbor, our neighbor is called Mary though, <laughs> hey, so she think Mary. we're talking to her. Yeah, no. <laughs> Um. All oh, right. So there's just one thing I want to finish up on. Yeah. This uh this information was um donated to us uh, by Nick. So thank you, Nick. Thank you. Um. So this is a little thing I wanted to throw in here, more so just like food for thought. I like food. Because I know you're starving. Look mm. at you. Mm. Right. So. <laughs> there is that. Can real... you two stop flirting, please? No. I feel left We're out over flirting. here. Yeah. I feel left out. <laughs> okay. That's the God, I love you. <laughs> um, there is that really... Oh, I'll be put that finger down. Right. <laughs> there is the really old debate of religion versus science. Mm. Yes. And that they can't work hand in hand. It needs to be one or the other. I understand both arguments. Cool. Fine. Um, but... Einstein and Stephen Hawking, we know them well, we love them, good guys. Whilst studying relativity and quantum physics, much later on in their careers, once they had this really, really deep understanding of the world and why everything was the way it was, 
they both came to a lot of conclusions about how to make sense of everything and they both in their much later lives started to refer to God in their writing. Mm. So after being sceptical for their whole lives and the more research and the more conclusions they came to towards the end of their lives they both started to reference God and say that he had to be involved. Wow. And I just thought that was really interesting Mm. that like two people that represent science in the most like um, pure way were also like know these it's not one or the other these two things now kind of have to go together work hand in hand because from we've dedicated our lives to finding out what it is and not everything adds up and he has to be involved mm. and I just thought that was really really interesting it is what do you think of that Daddy? um I don't have a problem with it um, I think, well, you, you do still have to look at the idea that, like, obviously Einstein was from a time where it would be pretty uncommon to not believe in God, even if you were a scientist. And then uh, Hawking obviously went to a very well-established uh, university, had a sort of decent upbringing from the start of his life. I was also sort of born and raised in a time when religion and Christianity is a sort of expected thing. So it probably does bleed into that somewhat. But I don't think there has to be a um, dividing line between religion and science. I think some people on both ends decide there has to be. There are religious people who will refuse all science and then there are scientific people that will refuse all aspects of religion i don't think there has to be a uh, a stall stalwart wall in the middle of it in the words of olivia newton john we go together like sing along it's like well man right guys we'll leave it there oh what a joy Abby, where can we find you on socials? You can find me on all social media platforms at Abby O'Neill 17 Apart from TikTok, which I discovered this week, is not Abby O'Neill 17 it's Abby O'Neill 1. Abby O'Neill 1? Yeah, the number one Abby O'Neill. For the sake of the podcast, can you change it to Abby O'Neill 17? I have already tried. Oh, shit. Because everything else is Abby O'Neill 17 so we're just going to have to <gasps> deal with it. There's a ghost. <laughs> Chesney, where can we find you on socials? You can find me on Instagram at ForksFitness underscore and you can unfollow me on TikTok at Chesney on stage. And guys, you can find me at Jordan E.E. Donnelly on Instagram and Twitter and you can find all updates on the podcast at where? TightLads underscore, underscore podcast. Just to repeat, that was at TightLads tight underscore, underscore podcast. podcast. Guys, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you for coming. And thank me. Cheers. Thanks. And in the meantime, stay, stay tight. tight.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a new season we recommend. Hey, happy listener. I'm Yardley. And I'm Dan. And I'm Dave. And we are the hosts of the true crime podcast, Small Town Dicks. On our podcast, detectives from small towns all around the world give us their firsthand accounts of the memorable crimes they investigated in their small town. The new season of Small Town Dicks launches on September 17th. Meanwhile, if you're new to the podcast, we have over 118 episodes for you to binge until the new season starts. So please join us on September 17th for an original take on true crime. Small Town Dicks, available wherever you like to listen. ACAST, A-cast, A-cast recommends. recommends.